Welcome to Local Matters. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and we got Coach John Pelfrey in the hot box today. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Man, it's uh, you've been on my bullet list for a, a while, Coach, and I've seen you out on the golf course, the minimal time that you get to play uh, a little bit, and I see you practicing on your game out there. You know, sometimes out there by yourself hitting two or three balls, it's it, it, it amazing. You probably didn't know anybody was out there watching, did you? But I can tell you uh, – you're a serious golfer, and you really you like to practice. Well, I tell you, it's a great game, and uh, it's a lo- it's great for a lot of reasons. I think um, you know you play a lot of different ages, play it for a long time. For me, um, I think as you get older, you still are very competitive in certain <laughs> ways, but there's only a certain ways you can actually do it now, right? And and uh, so to go out there for a couple hours on occasion when we do have some moments. Um, to try to figure that thing out, it's it's really hard. It's it's amazing how challenging it is from one day to the next, and the thing's just sitting there. It's not moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's a, it's a great game, and it is a way for me to kind of stay competitive, and um, I enjoy it. it. It's it's amazing to me, and you just said it. Golf is, you know, I play college football. You play college basketball, and then some. It, the ball, like you, the ball's not moving. It, it's just sitting right there. All you got to do is hit it down the middle of this huge green area. <laughs> And, and then get it on the green, put it in. It's not like a baseball that's coming at you 95 miles an hour or a basketball where there's so many other variables on the court. Golf is just really, truly individual, but it's a great measure. Well, I think it's um, like everything in life for us, right? It's, it's so much mental because you can literally be great the day before. You can be great the whole before, maybe even the swing before, and that has nothing to do with what's going to happen next. And it's good or bad, right? So even if you have a, a bad day, a bad hole or a bad swing before it, it can change that quickly too. I think the really interesting thing about golf and probably life is um, in a basketball game, we could have somebody subbed in for us. You can't do that in golf and you can't do that in your life. So um, I think there's just a lot of parallels there through sports. And I was very fortunate going up. My parents kind of had me dialed in or moving in that direction to learn a lot of these life lessons. And I really think I'm still doing it today. Yeah, no doubt. I, 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 People ask me that all the time, you know. I've played football in in front of sixty five, seventy thousand people before, and third and fifteen, and knowing the ball's coming to me. And sometimes that fifteen foot putt with nobody around is is a lot more nerve wracking than being in that situation. But it's just like you said in in football. There's ten other people that have to do their job before mm-hmm. it's even going to have a chance to work. No, the ultimate team sport, right? Football, yeah. and uh, everybody's got to do their job every single time. Um, you know, you do have a little bit of time to get organized. That's that's probably helpful. But with 22 people in a field, you probably do need that time. But uh, you're super reliant on others. And um, I think we all are in our life as well. But there's still an element of doing your job and doing it well, as, as well as you can. And um, I think that's a huge lesson, especially for young people, for probably old, old, for old, us that have experience. You know, what is success? How you want to measure that, right? And uh, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I was reading some stuff. I was doing some studying, uh, doing your best, uh, being prepared, uh, doing it with really good attitude and body language. If you can do that for a lifetime, I would say it's successful. Pretty successful life. We're talking with Coach John Pelfrey, head basketball coach over at Tennessee Tech, and we're going to back up a little bit and dive into uh, your life a little bit because, uh, you know, this show's more about the person than it is necessarily uh, about the team that they coach. We will get into that. But definitely want to, uh, you know, 
let the folks around here, the, the, the people that listen to this show, kind of get to know you a little bit. So let's go way back to, to where you were born, and let's talk a little bit about your family. Yeah, I was born in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, my dad coached there for, for a little bit, but I, I'm from Kentucky. I grew up in Kentucky. Uh, we lived in Ashland for a brief moment in time, which you know was right there on the West Virginia-Ohio border. Uh, and then, um, But I grew up in, in a little town called Paintsville. Uh, it's still about 5,000 people and um, went to Paintsville High School there. Um, you know, that's kind of a, for people maybe around here especially. Uh, Chris Dableton went to our county school, Johnson Central. And uh, I was a little bit before him, but um, um, that's the area of, of, of the state, the eastern part of the state. Really, it's only about four hours from here. This living in Cookville has been as close I've been to home uh, since I left. Uh, Kentucky. So um, this has been one of the reasons why it was really exciting for me and and an honor and a blessing to be here because it got me back close to home. Um, And I I think we identify a lot with, uh, it's very similar. Um, You know, the people, the way I grew up, all that type of stuff. So we feel very comfortable here. But I had a mom and dad. Uh, My dad passed away a couple years ago. Uh, Those guys are still the two best coaches I've ever had. Uh, My mom just turned 80. We celebrated her 80th birthday the other day. My brother, uh, I've got a younger brother who lives in Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, He's a a regional bank president, uh, which I always tease him about. It's fascinating because the man can't count. Uh, (laughs) But um, then I have a sister who who is living in the Outer Banks uh, of North Carolina, so it's a really cool area up there. And she's married to a a high school football coach, Jim Prince, and uh, he's been doing it for a long, long time. We're proud of them. I have have two kids. Um, My son, Jackson, is 26, literally just got married. Uh, this past Saturday, uh, to Mackenzie Coleman, who was also from Kentucky, Metcalf County, and uh, wonderful young lady, super excited about having her in our family. Her family is amazing. Uh, Kim and Zach and her, her sister Kelly and all the rest of them are just, what a blessing that is. Mackenzie played here at Tennessee Tech, was a great player for Kim Roseman on on um, a lot of their teams, and uh, she's six foot three, and she could really, really play. But uh, as good a player as she is, she's a she's an even better person. My daughter uh, just graduated from Tennessee Tech as well, and uh, she played with McKenzie for two years for for uh, Coach Roseman. So, and then my wife Tracy, we've been high school sweethearts, and in August the eighth, I believe it was, we just celebrated our thirty first. Uh, congratulations! Wedding. Well, thank you, our thirty first wedding anniversary. So, um, I tease her as well, and. Tell her that she's um, she's the great point guard of the family. She points at everything we all do wrong, so uh, she doesn't like that. But uh, without her, none of this would ever happen. Yeah, every every coach that's a successful coach and, and is in it for a long time has to have that that person at home that really takes care of a lot of the stuff that goes on family wise. Because as much as you're gone, you know it, it, you got to have that person that that's reliable. Yeah, you know what? And she's obviously my best friend. She's a trusted advisor. Um, she's the the mother of of uh, my children, but um, she's just got a unique perspective on a lot of things and able to give advice and see things a little bit differently. But she's also got a really really bad job. You know, as, as from our profession being so public, being so competitive, I get to go to practice. I get to compete in the games. I get to compete in recruiting. She doesn't. She just has to sit there and support. And that's tough. That's a really challenging spot to be in. And and uh, so uh, we appreciate her so much because she's given up everything for us to, you know, to help us be the best we can, whether it's, you know, the kids graduating. They're 
<clears throat> their aspirations and goals and dreams, and they're growing up trying to get themselves ready to go out on their own. And obviously, clearly, my my career. Yeah. So uh, you talk about uh, family wise. I can tell you're a very family oriented person. You got uh, your dad was a coach. You said, and you got some more coaches in your family now, especially married into one. Your, I guess your sister's married to a coach in the Outer mm-hmm. Banks there. So coaching's been uh, and being in ball has been a huge part of your life and your family's life. Yeah, you know, early on, I think my dad uh, obviously loves athletics. My mom did too. Um, we didn't take family vacations. We'd go to the state tournament, uh, the Sweet Sixteen, and you know that would start on like a Thursday and end on a Sunday or a, a Saturday night. And um, yeah, everybody else be loading up going to, going to Disney World of Florida. We went we went to Lexington or Louisville to watch the state tournament, and uh, we loved it. Didn't know anything anything different than that. And um, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. I didn't grow up with a lot of the mountain games. I wasn't really hunting, fishing, shooting guns, and all that stuff. I had, it was certainly going on around me, but um, I was allowed to be able to be dialed in. Uh, we didn't have everything. Both my parents were school teachers, um, but we had everything we needed. And um, uh, certainly my parents weren't perfect, but they were perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was um, – yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how some people would look at it. Some people maybe say I was really too serious. Maybe I was too, too focused or whatever. But um, those guys put me in a situation where I could really concentrate and and focus on on athletics and and um, specifically basketball because uh, I started to get some opportunities and and um, it wasn't easy and um, but I had a chance to kind of get to where I needed to go. Uh, to kind of continue on and to play. And, but it has been. My brother played at East Tennessee State mm-hmm. uh, for Allen LaForce, and they were super successful. He went to three state tournaments in the four years that he was there. Uh, my my sister played a lot of high school golf, and I think she was in four state state um, tournament uh, uh, golf championships. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a huge part of my life. My dad always teased me. Uh, when I got out and kind of got into coaching a little bit, says you eventually you're going to have to stop playing around and get a real job. So I'm still trying to prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, you're, you're still in uh, playing around with basketball a little bit. <laughs> now, man, what what a cool uh, opportunity as as far as someone who loves sports and you, know, you talk about Kentucky uh, and, and your brother living in in Richmond now, and I, I got a. Uh, a friend that I played with at Tennessee Tech, he just he coached at Tennessee Tech and ended up taking a high school job down in Alabama, Burt Brown, and he's from Richmond, Kentucky, and, and uh, that resonates a lot of what you're saying. His family uh, and his, his growth in sports has been a lot of the same as yours, and it's so interesting to see how that unfolds. Let's take – we we got about a minute for this segment. Let's, let's take a, a quick look. Where did you play, like, youth basketball? Was there a junior pro, or how did that work in your area? Not too much. I was very fortunate to have a chance to play with some of the older guys. I, when I was, um, I don't know, in fifth grade, this guy let me, I was standing outside the door when they were having seventh, eighth grade practice, and I had nothing but blue jeans and tennis shoes, and I stood up to the lawn, and he says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I just kind of wonder what you all practice. The next thing you knew, as a fifth grader, I was playing on the seventh, eighth grade team, and it wasn't real popular, and he got in a little bit of trouble, but um, <laughs> um, that was kind of my start uh, right there, uh, getting able to play with older guys, being coached at a young age, being on a team. Um, there was a couple opportunities for me in the summer, uh, briefly to play on a couple AU teams. Um, but I quickly got into my high school situation, some of the older guys in around the area. I think it's really beneficial to, um, to be able to figure out how to fit in when you're not really that good 
and find a way to get on the court. And the older guys are such great mentors. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's a, a common story and theme that I hear. And we're, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come right back with that thought process. We're talking to Coach John Pelfrey, head basketball coach at Tennessee Tech. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. We're going to continue our conversation with head coach John Pelfrey from Tennessee Tech University. And coach, you were talking about in your development age um, when you were a little bit younger in fifth and sixth, getting that opportunity to play with older kids. That that's been a, a, a constant theme of, of uh, coaches and players that I bring in here when we talk about their past. You know, most all of them mentioned the opportunity to get with older players, whether it was a, a brother. Uh, maybe an older sister or whatever, but being at a younger age, maybe a lower skill level and getting an opportunity to play with older kids that had to kind of, you know, further your game and maybe bring it along a little bit quicker as time went on. I think it gives you a different perspective. Um, You're not always the best guy in the gym. Uh, Coach Lucas, John Lucas said something once. He said, if you're the best player in your gym, you need to find another gym. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times – situations get set up for young athletes where they're always in their age group and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. Um, but I think there is an element missing today where you get a chance to go to a park, you get a chance to go to a gym, you don't know anybody there and you got to quickly read people in situations and figure out how to fit in. And with our support now having changed as much as it is because of the rules, the transfer portal, NIL, our my profession has changed and we have to be able we don't have one to two years anymore to figure somebody out oh you'll be good sam in two years just be patient nobody's patient Mm -hmm. so the a really competitive skill to figure out um how to read people in situations quickly i mean that's a competitive advantage for you and i think that's what you get when you play with or you're around more experienced players older guys um, you see that in these professional sports. They try to attach a young guy to a, a veteran player that may keep a veteran player long, around longer than he should be just so he can help guide a young man to where he see if he can be a quick learner, see if he can skip a couple of steps and maybe potholes in the road, so to speak, to where he can help everybody be, or he'll be better for himself but it's going to help everybody else out. So I think that happens. It, it was just organic for a lot of us, right? Growing up, we found ourselves in those situations, and it really didn't have to be in our sport. Uh, one of the big ones for me was because I had a July birthday. I always played Lily as a young. Instead of being nine, I had to. I was eight years old playing as nine year old, and I was always with older guys. And so I might even may not even get to play the position I wanted to play, but I had to play this one if I wanted to get on the field. And so um, I think those things humble you. 
Uh, they, if, if you really love it, you have to stay curious and, and be a learner to figure that out. And it really puts the onus back on what can I do? If I want to play, then I need to impact winning. And, and right now on this team, what role can I play to impact winning and get out there? Because that's really what you want to do is be out there and be a part of something that's that's unique and different. And, and to your point, you know, it's it's set up in basketball, football, whatever, baseball. It's set up to where you got the opportunity to play with that same age group. You know, mm-hmm. like when you go to high school, you, you, you might be on the freshman team and then you might be on the JV team. But today, and we'll touch on this minimally, but – Today, you know, when I grew up, we we rode bikes. We were outside all the time. If my mom knew half the stuff that we were doing down at the old city lake where we lived, <laughs> she would have been going crazy, no doubt. But um, we weren't inside. I mean, we're lucky if we're home at dark when you know. Hopefully, when we get dinner, and sometimes got in trouble for being late there. But nowadays, these these kids have a lot different environment, and, and a lot of it is digital. Not my job is online learning, so. You know, I I have to kind of qualify that and where it's beneficial and then maybe sure. where it's not. But um, there's there's so many things that these kids can do today. But to, to me, I can't imagine growing up without being out riding my bike with my boys and, and being outside all the time. And generally, that's not the case. No, it's just really interesting. Something just flashed in my head when you said that. Like, And none of this is good or bad. It just is. It's just the way things are, the way things were. And I can remember them dropping me off and... and um, uh, on in Johns Creek, uh, where, where my my grandfather, my, where my grandparents were, and, and up in Pikeville, and um, for periods at a time, right. And with my grandfather, it was you get up, you get outside, and he had this old screen door, and it had a spring on it. And man, there was no way to open and close that door without it hitting that thing, man. <laughs> so if it, he didn't have to be around. He's like, did somebody just go in the house? Like you didn't do that, right? And so I know when my kids grew up, like they didn't go out of the house unless we went with them. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just different. Um, but, um, but those were wonderful experiences. I think you were out there with the older kids in the neighborhood, whether you started playing some sort of baseball that was with a, with a tennis racket and a tennis ball, or you did play football and, and you're in somebody's backyard or you're on a side street there, or whatever the case may be, uh, you had to figure things out. And just if somebody said something to you in a certain way that you didn't like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Am I going to try to talk my way through this? Are we going to get in a, a, an altercation or where the, I think all that stuff is good. And, um, you know, one of the great challenges I think as a parent and as a coach, uh, I want to do things for you so you can have success. If I help you do something correctly the first time and it wasn't hard, it was easy, then you're probably not going to be that interested in it. And you have an interesting perspective and in talking to head coach, John Pelfrey from Tennessee tech now, and this is, you know, something I'm asked a lot about. But you're in a, you're in a unique situation, and, and it's really come to – I'm really studying it right now. So I go into Cane's the other day, and I'm eating lunch. I'm by myself. And uh, I had just been talking to somebody about the digital age and all that. And I walk into Cane's, and, and I see a, a couple sitting there. And the couple, are, they have their phone, and, and, you know, they're sitting together eating lunch, and they're like this. Yeah. They're not talking at all. And then I go inside to go inside the front there, and there's a, a mom and her daughter, and they're they're sitting there with their phones. They're not talking. Yep. And so I go inside, and I'm standing in line waiting, and I'm watching the cars go by. You know, it was right at lunch. It was crowded. Every single person that went by in their car had their phone out, and they were looking at their phone. And, you know, and I think about 
you know, kids were dealing with, even in the Putnam County school system, kids were dealing with, that's what they're growing up with. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it, it affects communication. I was at Vol State the other day, and we were doing a dual enrollment uh, build-out and getting the kids registered and all that, and, and uh, we, we were asking for questions. And none of them were asking questions. When you ask a question, they kind of look around, you know, at each other waiting for somebody else right. to do it. So for, for me, Coach, it's about verbal communication nowadays. Because these kids have grown up with it now for a little while, and when, when we're getting them and they're going for job interviews, you know what we're getting back is well, they don't know how to do an interview. Well, it's it's um, it's the great challenge, right? Because like, technology is amazing; it's changed the world. There's so many positive things to it, but it's like anything else; it's probably some balance, moderation, whatever. Um, because too much of anything's not good, and it's I had to be careful myself when I send text messages. To people who really don't know me, there's no reading body language. There's no eye contact. There's no inflection in your voice. So we saw this in recruiting when we had COVID. Technology is great. Zoom calls were fantastic. But I'm much better when I have a chance to sit across from you at the table and talk about what's going on here. And I think it's way better for you to understand, too, and you can kind of come on our campus. So for two years of recruiting, we couldn't go off campus, and they couldn't come on campus. And not that anybody in our program was bad, but it just wasn't the right fit. Last year's team, we got to go off and see those guys, or they came on campus to see us, and that's why the experience was so different. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and it's an interesting dynamic um, where these guys – because everybody says, well, have you talked to so-and-so? And And they'll say, yeah. And I'm like, when I hear talk to somebody, I mean, actually talk, talk to them. But when they text, to them, that's talking. It is. It really is. And that, that's what's changed with them. And, and I'm, it's not good or bad. It's just the way that it is. And we got to figure out ways to get our students, you know, especially the business that I'm in, to get our students ready, you know, for those job interviews, even though we're dealing with a, a digital revolution of kids that no, that don't have the opportunity, you know, to, to be face-to-face as much as they had in the past. Mm-hmm. So we're talking with uh, Coach John Pelfrey. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. We're going to continue our conversation with Coach John Pelfrey, head coach at Tennessee Tech University. Coach, we're talking about, uh, you know, students, student-athletes, and um, you had a unique perspective uh when a student athlete walks into your office or, or you have a meeting or whatever, tell the folks a little bit about what you do. Yeah, you know, we've um, tried to f- make this kind of a no-phone zone, so to speak. Not that, uh, not to even give it any inclination that a phone is bad. We've all got them. If somebody had told you that the whole world, everybody on planet, the planet would have one, you're like, that's not even possible. But it is. And it is a part of all of our walk, and we get so much done with that. But... Um, when you're trying to communicate, when you're trying to learn, you're trying to help somebody become a leader or grow up into a situation where they can create value in themselves because the world, just like college basketball, is extremely competitive. The ability to dial in and, and pay attention and to be a quick learner, you know, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes as long as you learn from it. But how many can you limit mistakes and do things correctly, like in a timeout? If I call a timeout, I've got 30 seconds to tell you, what well, here's the situation. This is what just happened. This is what we're going to do. And here's the next play. And you can digest that and go do it then that's a competitive advantage for you, not only for us, but it also people in the stands watching it, you know, maybe scouts, whatever, are going to see you execute that, and they're going to say, we need that in our program. And the only way you can do that is by paying attention with your eyes and your ears. Exactly. I was telling you a story there about when I was a younger coach, 
And my daughter was trying to have a conversation with me. And I, I said, no, I am paying attention. She says, well, I need you to pay attention with your eyes. And I thought that was, that kind of hit me, right? Okay, dad, like you want to be a good dad. How about trying to be a good dad? <laughs> so I appreciate her teaching me that lesson. But it's the same thing with players. Like, you need to sit up straight. You need to look the guy in the eye. You need to have a conversation. That is a competitive advantage for you. If you've got two guys going for the same job and don't think for one second that you're going to walk into an NBA combine, you're going to be the only guy there. There will be four or five more guys that look just like you, same skill set, same height, same athleticism. What are you going to do to separate yourself? And the ability to learn, okay, uh, is what they're all looking for. They're not asking you to be perfect, but can you limit mistakes? Can you limit risk? being able to pay attention, to focus, to dial in. And there's not a greater distraction for all of us than this thing. Uh, it's with us at all time. It's on our person. It's beside our bed. It's in our car. Um, it's where we go to to find something out because we all want the information as fast as possible. Um, so I think there's just skills now that that are just old school. Um, let's just leave it at the door. And let's walk in here and let's just have a conversation a little bit because – even as a coach, even even though we're in college, even though it's kind of what we do, this their job, it's my job, but it's also their job, even though they're young people, um, we're trying to develop some, some skills where, you know, can I pay attention in a shorter period of time? Like, I, I, I share this with these guys all the time. Like, I'm not a great reader, and you may be able to read a book in 10 hours. It may take me 10 days, but it's, I, I can get it done, and I'm going to get the same amount of information but it's just going to take me a little bit longer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to you want to compete at a higher level, then you got to learn how to do that. So I may need to learn a little bit more. I may have to stay, get up earlier, or I may have to stay later to cover the same amount of ground you do. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think everybody gets kind of carried away of game day, kind of what happens. And it's never what happens on game day. You didn't see the 1,000 hours before it. Right. And I think some of this stuff is super important. That's what we really want to do. We just want to raise these guys up to be uh, really good young men and leaders. And if we can do that, they're probably going to graduate. They're probably going to, you know, get their degree. They're going to be able to go out there and be the type of young man that, you know, somebody's daughter, uh, somebody's dad would want for his daughter. Yeah. And they're going to be able to have a chance to be a, a father. And they're going to be a, possibly be a leader of a company. And that, again, it's not being perfect, but when things show up, you don't run. Exactly, and, and so many things. And you said one word that stands out to me is old school. I don't. I don't think the things that you're teaching are at all old school. Mm-hmm. I think those are values that are going to be really important to these young people as time goes on. And eventually, basketball is going to be gone, and they're going to be doing something else. That's what I'm telling my 24 year old son right now, who's playing pro golf. That eventually you're, it's not going to be pro golf. So what are you going to do? Mm. And you know he's had his eyes on some things, and, and, and but he's one of those too. He's a, I'll go play golf with him, and we'll be in a tournament or something. He's over there on his phone every little chance he gets. And I'm you know I have to. I won't say it makes me mad, but kind of we got this time together. We don't have a lot anymore, and right. I would like you to pay attention to me and let's put that phone up. And, you know, I feel like I'm treating a 24-year-old like an 18-year-old, but at the same time, he doesn't understand. He doesn't comprehend that. Well, it's all quality, right? So you can go in the gym. You can be there for two hours a day and get nothing done. Exactly. Whereas you can go in there for a half hour, 45 minutes at the right intensity level, working the right things and really being locked into what's going on. And even though you may make some mistakes, you learn from it. And I think that 
is the process. That is how to train. That's the whole deal. I share with our guys all the time, like you got to push yourself and you got to find a way to get yourself on that edge, right? So imagine an Olympic skier where in a sport where it's point zero zero one determines a winner, right? And so if you're going down the hill and training at a slow rate of speed, there's probably a place for that. But if you stay training at a slow rate of speed in that sport, probably not going to help you too much. If you're going down as fast as you can, and you but you can't control your body, and you're off the course, and you're into the trees, that's probably not good either. It's probably good for your health. you got to find that sweet spot where you're right on the edge of losing control, but you're pushing the limits. You can't do that being distracted. And so that, I think, again, all these things are what's important because if you can get your process, if you can get your daily walk, if you can understand and learn, then your God-given talent, now it's going to take over. If, by the way, your, your God-given talent's a gift. Like you did nothing for it. You just woke up and you had it. You didn't earn it. Right. What you do need to do is all these other things that are important to, to help you take advantage of what you've been given. That's on you. And it is easy in concept. It's easy. Oh, I need to be a better learner. Oh, I need to spend more time on this. Oh, I need to get some rest. That's certainly easy in concept to understand, but don't mistake um, simple for, for, for being easy. It's exactly. extremely hard and challenging. That is a great separator. That is what separates. Uh, you and know, it's all mindset. And it's such a comparison all the way from uh, middle school basketball into high school basketball into college. There. You know, you got to put five people on the on the floor, and something is going to separate those five people from position to position. It's 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 you know we tell our guys mindset matters. There's a lot of guys that look just like me and you that have success, and what separates that guy? Well, he's mentally tougher. You can't be physically tough without being mentally tough. It's got to start there first. You know, you can't get better at something until you actually acknowledge the fact that I'm lacking. And so many people have the wrong relationship with failure. Failure is good. It's fertilizer for future growth. Love that. And if you if you if you're in, like if you're doing something that's really easy, it's probably not that challenging. Yeah. And it's no different with even like getting getting good grades. Um, if you get an A in a class and you didn't study, that's not something to be proud of. You probably need to find a more challenging class mm-hmm. and to find out how good you can really be. So. If you're the best one in your team, like Coach Lucas said, or you're the best one in your area, well, get out of your area and go someplace else. So we really want to challenge our guys with that as well, like having a different relationship with failure. Uh, um, It's not final. Uh, It's not fatal. We all feel like we're going to die. Very few of us do. There's... You know, we're not in the military where there are, those are life and death decisions, you know, where you are a, an OR doctor. You're dealing with life and death. Most of us don't deal with that, even though it feels like it. we're dealing with those same feelings. But until you understand that, um, that's a basketball game. That's college football. That's uh, a lot of walks of life. That's a mom and a dad with a kid who's not – you know, who is just not picking it up, like how important it is to go to school or what, what your rest and recovery needs to be like or why you should um, study tonight and prepare for a test that's two weeks away. So, um, but that's what's unique about human beings. And, um, and again, I think you could be, we also can get in a situation where one day, you know, you don't like broccoli and all of a sudden you get a little bit older, man, 
broccoli's really good. <laughs> and just because I'm not really good at these things as a, as a kid growing up doesn't mean that won't be my interest later on. I think parents sometimes get carried away with that. Well, if my son's not doing this now, he'll never do it. If my daughter's not where she needs it, no, that's not the case at all. Like, I always, I, I think it's a terrible thing to say sometimes, like, what do you want to do in your life? I would have no idea. <laughs> I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. And when you put that on somebody, like, I, I just don't know if that's good. Right. I think it's like, what'd you learn today? Who's your best friend? Why do you like him? I think asking the right, asking questions and letting them talk because who has the same job start to finish college basketball? That'll not happen anymore. You will not have the same job like these old coaches used to in the past. It's just turned into a microwave society where, man, you can win one year and you're gone the next. So you better have some skills about being able to walk into a room, no matter what your age is. I had to walk in a room with just getting left behind, not being able to go to the NBA, where I knew nobody at 48 years old. Well, hopefully I did that in a way where uh, I was respectful. I uh, tried to learn, tried to read the room, see where I could help and, and fit in. And my kids had a chance to see that because, you know what, the, the really good chance they're going to have to do the same thing. Exactly. It's all about, you know, what their future is going to hold. And I, I loved a couple of things that you said there. I'm a big proponent of you learn from failure. You know, people will talk about, and even in school, you know, you make a, you make a 50 on a test. You know, I was always, Hey man, you've got a 50 now. Let's, let's, what did you miss? Let's get mm-hmm. better at that. And then when we get that, you're going to be in great shape. You know, you see, you learn from failure and especially in sports, you know, it's time and time again, I was out there with Gerald Brown, you know, out there on the field at Tennessee Tech practice and working on those small skills that, that got me to where I needed to be. And I, you know, limited by size, you know, uh, all the things that came along with me being undersized, playing football, and I was always told that I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And and learning from those failures along the way is what makes you better and gets you to where you want to be. So I love that, that you know, you, that's the way you talk to your guys because we're going to fail no matter what we're going to fail. And, Coach, let me, let me tell you, it's it's been a pleasure. It's been so fast. <laughs> it's gone so quick. So we're going to do a part one and a part two. We know that. So we're going to go back on the next show and, and kind of pick up where we left off. But I want to thank you for joining us today on such short notice. And it's been a cool conversation. And you guys out there, if you are listening to part one, we're going to part two next week. So join us again next week on Local Matters. And thanks for being on the show, Coach. A lot of fun. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. You guys have a great day. And join us next time on Local Matters Sports.